A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. So what am I meant to do? Hey, waving my arms around like some kind of crazy thing, like a Bailey buddy from back in the day. But I do not have words to describe to you what I saw at the WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And you probably do know what I'm talking about, but if not, I shall give you some key words. Actually, no, I'm just going to give you one key word, and that is going to be purple. And usually I associate that with Barney the Dinosaur. You remember him? Whatever the hell noise he used to make. And that was like a source of positivity. And now this one is just going to be a source of fear. Also, massive, massive respect. Anyway, we shall get into all of that later. But first, what we need to do is take the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits and down for hell in a cell. And here's a little bit of a spoiler. Why the build was like, the show, hot damn, let's up those doubts. So Hell in a Cell did indeed start with the commentators telling us that Cody Rose was going to compete later with a pet tear. And there are some people out there who responded to this by going, oh man, it's definitely a work. No, 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 no. What do you think that was? Makeup? Come on. We then cut to a video for our Raw Women's Triple Threat Championship match. And surprisingly, when we were done with that, it was our Raw Women's Triple Threat Championship match. So that was very handy. But also, this was flubbing excellent. So it was champion Bianca Belair taking on Becky Lynch, taking on Oscar. And these three are just top tier performers. They are absolutely excellent. They have terrific chemistry with all of them. And if I ever see them, I'm going to give them a prize. They're going to open the prize and it's going to say, you guys rock. The crowd was really hot for this too, as they were throughout the evening, which made it even better. And obviously in the early going, Oscar and Bianca remembered, oh yeah, we're the good guys. So we should get rid of the bad guy. They took big time Bex. They threw her away. They then started wrestling and it was fire, but Lynch felt a little bit left out, so she was trying to drag Oscar out of there. But she was then climbing the top rope and Bianca Belair was like, no, I don't want none of that. And then from nowhere, Oscar did a drop kick off Belair's back. And I went into this, I did a Google, that's not what backs are for. There was then KOD attempts, armbar attempts, powerbomb attempts, although that last one did work because Bianca took Oscar and gave her one right into the turnbuckle. But once again, Becky Lynch was like, why are you ignoring me? Because apparently she has a very strange accent. So she grabbed the Empress of Tomorrow and she threw her into the EST. Once again, I had to go back to my computer and no, you're not meant to use human as projectiles. We then got to our last second pin breakups with Lynch doing a top rope drop kick and Oscar was there with German suplexes. And if you started to listen here, you would have heard the this is awesome chance. 
awesome because it was awesome. Blair then did this head spring moonsault thingamajig before she was flipping off the ropes as well. When Oscar was like, I am sick of everybody not wanting to pay attention to me. So she got them both in an ankle lock. She also hit a code breaker out of nowhere before that. And I swear at this stage, if everyone had just started dancing for the last five minutes, I still would have loved this because that's how good it was. There was then a manhandle slam, which also made me pop because I thought it was the end. And then Oscar had the Oscar lock, but then Bianca Belair was breaking that up by jumping off the top rope. And she kind of get it, but didn't really get it, but it doesn't matter. And after Becky did hit another manhandle slam, I was right. I predicted it correctly because she was about to pin Oscar. Bianca went, nah, bro. I'm going to use the rules to my advantage. She threw Lynch out the ring. She got the pin. And she is still your now women's champion. It was gibberish. Now, I think I would have had Bianca gone over Becky and then done the Oscar-Bianca Blair food one-on-one, but I do not care. Who gives a fuddle stick? This was so much fun. This was so much entertaining. It doesn't just get it up. They had a Roman Reigns video, which must be one of the biggest teasers ever by WWE, going, do you remember this guy? You ain't going to see him for a while. When I was face palming at Cedric Alexander, because Omos and MVP were in the back, and he walked up again, he was like, please, can we be friends? And obviously, Umvuk turned around and said, no, I've told you once already. I mean, this is like drinking milk, even though you have an IBS problem. Sometimes you just have to accept not worth what happens after. Surprise, surprise, he did have to walk away being massively disappointed. And we've got this MVP rap video. Pretty good. Naturally, it all meant this was time for Bobby Lashley taking on MVP and Omos. And I will tell you what I thought of this. That's fine. The real heroes were the fans because they just cheered every single thing that Lashley did. And at one point after the match, he grabbed a replica WWE title from the crowd and they all went crazy again. So apart from me to say this, Maybe Roman Reigns should come back and drop one of his belts. Maybe that person could be Bobby Lashley. And he also pretended he was going to start the thing, but then tagged out Omos. And this really irks me when it does come to the heels have picked the stipulation. So you're telling me he went to Adam Pearce or Sonya Deville if she was still in charge and said, look, I want a handicap match. I want tags. Why didn't you just say both of us get to be in the ring at the same damn time? As ever, as soon as Omos was in there, he beat up Bob, which is when MVP was like, tag me, brother. I'm ready to kick his ass. And the big spot you're really going to want to know about is when Bobby Lashley and Omos were on the outside. And you're not going to believe this. We haven't seen it in a few hours. But Omos grabbed Lashley and he charged him through Barry Barricade. This led to Bobby only just getting back in at like 9.999. And to be fair, it is WWE, so there's every chance he may have lost by countout, which is when (laughs) Cedric Alexander was back. Now, remember, if you saw the prediction show, one of our predictions was, yes, Alex will turn up. And how long will it be before he gets murked by someone? I had it at five seconds. I was pretty much spot on. Because as almost went for a choke slam, this time Cedric tried to stop him. The big guy just grabbed him and threw him over the top rope. However, he then turned around. Bobby Lashley hit the spear. He went to MVP. He put him in the hurt lock. That was it. It was done. Bobby Lashley is your winner. Once again, the audience loved the finish. So we did our job here. And it was okay. It was inoffensive. I don't want this feud to end, but don't tell anyone. We were then back to the commentators telling us about Cody's injury again, which was the right thing to do, because honestly, they could have mentioned it 92,744 times, and I still wouldn't have been ready when it was time for Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. The reason I put the huh in there is because there was no pre-recorded footage of Elias, which I thought WWE would have done, so that made me a sad panda. But also, it went about eight or nine minutes. At one point, Zeke went into the turnbuckle. He came out. Owens gave him a stunner. One, two, three. 
Huh. Now, in many ways, this was always going to happen because do not forget at the last pay-per-view, Kevin Owens defeated Steve Austin, so we were always going to have to do something. And I do get it. KO can still be mad at Zeke because throughout this whole match, he was going, he's not Elias, he's not Elias. And it was genuinely funny. However, he did just lose, so maybe we do have to draw a line under it. I did enjoy all of this, though, and honestly, getting a clean finish, anything WWE, just makes me so damn happy. I, like, propel myself in midair like I've done now. Kind of intrigued to see what happens on Raw. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. And then it was Judgment Day versus Liv Morgan, Finn Balor and AJ Styles. This was another win. Up. Everyone got cheered during this as well, which did sum up the audience. We were not playing around at all because the first thing we did was ah, sound the tag klaxon because all six people were in and they were beating everybody up. And yes, Rhea Ripley even had some unique wrestling gear here because as she told us on the old internet, hers didn't turn up, so she had to make do. She also got murked by this Hurricane Rana after Styles and Bala had just chucked Liv Morgan at her. You don't do that to Ripley. This really pissed her off. So do you know how she got back into this? 
headbutts. Edge went for the tag at one point, but then went and backed out as soon as he saw AJ Styles had also tagged in there. So, of course, as soon as the Judgment Day had started to beat him up, the Radar Superstar was like, oh, I made a mistake, now I'm ready. All this also built to Finn Balor being slammed into Alan the announce table, which was not very fun. And, of course, the next thing we saw after this was a tag to AJ and a tag to Edge, but this time there was too much momentum and they had no choice but to clash. It then just went nuts because the phenomenal one at 45 years old hit his go switch and he took out Damien Priest and hit a phenomenal forearm but then everybody was back in to break that up when it was time to go back to Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. When they traded near falls like nobody's business which goes to show as we've already said the build to Hell in a Cell made you want to go to sleep but now I was here it was fire. Rhea then went for the riptide but Liv avoided it and was able to tag Finn in. This is when it went crazy for the second time because we had another tag klaxon because they all got back in the ring. So I suppose that noise would be ha ha, but that sounds like I'm driving a truck. We then got a bunch of dives and Balor even going for the Coupe de Gras when Rhea Ripley was the person that crotched him on the top rope. And as it turned out, it was going to be these two directly plugged into the finish. Because after Stars had ended Priest with a phenomenal forearm, Edge grabbed him and chucked him both into the ring and out of the ring. And he hit so hard he was busted open the hard way when Finn Balor realized, oh my gosh, I've beaten up Edge a little bit. Why don't I go for the Coupe de Gras? And he was going to do this, but do you know why he wasn't able to? Because Rhea stood in the way. Liv then flew out of nowhere onto her back, and once again the fans popped, but you could see what was coming here from a mile away. Edge uses to get back on his feet. He hit the spear. One, two, three. The damn judgment day at one. So somebody in the back of WWE was happy, because you know the rules. Birth, school, taxes, Finn Balor loses, death. I was not bored throughout any of this, though. And I actually think all the spots they had planned pulled off pretty flooded well. They just had the weirdest segment with Lashley and Alexander after this because they bumped into each other and said it was all like, listen, I didn't do that for you, I did it for me. And Bobby was all like, well, I understand that new friend, but never do it again. And I was like, Lashley, what are you doing? For the past six months, this guy has been all over your ass. However, I will say this gave me some hope that maybe Alexander is going to be used properly. And I can only assume when we get to Raw, we shall do this tag team match. And then Moss and Happy Corbin beat the holy crap out of each other in a no holds barred match. Good. And the only real sadness during this is the fans were desperate for tables during this, to the point maybe somebody should have called an audible, even though that would have ruined the main event a little bit. Although Happy Corbin as ever is the most reliable bad guy in the company. Because he heard them and he said, okay man, I'll go and get some wood. He went under the ring and then went, no, I'm not. And he got a bunch of booze. The whole point of this no holds bar gimmick, though, is that they were going to get steel chairs and try and break the other person's neck. I mean, they were just taking this weapon and swinging it like they wanted someone to die. I mean, Moss had it wrapped around his head at one point and he was being thrown into Alan the announce table and Simba the still steps. But the whole point of this is that Happy Corbin has gone under Moss's skin so much, he can't take it anymore. He's gone through a transformation and he's not gonna quit. And once again, you know this is working because what did the fans do throughout? They went, oh, Moss, we love you. The steel steps really came into play as well because Moss fall away slammed Corbin into them and that looked like it sucked. And then after he had hit the punchline, he took Happy and he got a chair and he wrapped it around his neck and then he got the steel steps and he pilmanized this poor guy and he pinned him. Bro, you little bit sick. We had the medical team check on Corbin afterwards as well. And I know I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. It's just been so simple and proves when it comes to wrestling, just do the most obvious storyline sometimes and it will work. I have enjoyed all of this. And I think Moss may become a big star. Who saw that coming? 
Park. And then Mustafa Ali and Theory kept this going with the United States title on the line. Now again, it was a massive shame because we were in Chicago, which is Ali's hometown, and they were just desperate for him to win. You know WWE, you are a wrestler in the place you were born, always gonna lose. And to be fair, a lot of this did seem to revolve around the fact that Mustafa Ali would fall off the top rope a lot, or Theory would push him, but there were so many good bits during this, especially when Theory was going for the ATL, but somehow Mustafa was able to turn that into the STF. My word, I made a lot of noise. And then I was annoyed when Theory got to the ropes. We then got this awesome Tilt-A-World DDT. And seriously, Mustafa Ali is such a talented wrestler, it's ridiculous. Although when he started going to the top rope again to hit the 450, you could just tell what was going to happen. And this was gut-wrenching, because seriously, everybody in this damn arena had decided, we want Mustafa Ali to win. And if he doesn't, we're going to take our finger and wag it a lot. Because he had fallen down so much, though, he wasn't able to hit this, and he injured his leg, which is when Theory came flying in, gave him the chop block, hit the ATL, he got the victory, he is still your and mine and Auntie Gina's US jab. However, once again, my overwhelming satisfaction was that we got another clean finish, and I was like, why can't we take all of this and do it on Raw and Smackdown too, because it would help so much when we do do the stupid stuff. But seriously, this was also a very good match, terrific wrestling throughout. And then wow, just wow, 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 we got to our main event, and I tell you this and I mean it, you have never seen anything like this. If Cody Rhodes is some kind of magic warrior who I couldn't respect more, and Seth Rollins is like a wrestling master who was somehow able to work with someone else under the rules of, well, you've got to ignore about half of his body. I mean, as soon as Rhodes took his entrance gear off and you just saw the bruising and how horrible it was, this became utterly compelling. And it was quite frankly terrifying. And I was so worried from Cody from one bell to the next. But also at the same time, Seth Rollins made his entrance, then went ta-da and showed that he was wearing polka dots. This was the most 180 thing ever. These two are just on another level though because I still don't understand how they did this and the way that they wove it into the story. Like Cody hit the Cody cutter early on but then he went ah because of course he did. He landed right on a torn peck. He shouldn't have even been able to use his arm. Seth Rollins soon got weapons in there including a kendo stick and he took it and he pushed it into the wound. And this was my face. And I was like, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm here trying to get entertainment out of it. Rhodes also got hit with the steel steps and thrown into the cage. And then Rollins wasn't done because he went under the ring and go, ha ha, I've got my own weight belt. And once again, obviously it had polka dots on it. And then everybody was getting whipped with this. And it's bad anyway, because it makes that noise. But this time, there was a man with a damn torn peck. It was then table time, which explains why we didn't do it in their earlier match. But the big problem with all of this is that Cody couldn't do much of anything because he had a damn alien coming out of his chest. Seth loved all of that, though, so he did indeed set Cody up for a frog splash on the table. But he took too long. Rose got out the way, and Seth Rollins went crashing through this thing. And I don't know why, but it looked worse than ever in terms of the bump and I just thought that poor poor guy it looked like it sucked. Cody then remembered his family legacy so pulled out a bull rope and Seth Rollins was happy to do that so then we had an impromptu bull rope match but once again people were just being slammed with the cowbell. Seth Rollins was bleeding from his arm and I was like do you remember that absolute farce back in 2019? Well we can erase that because this has taken the more recent Hell in a Cell bar and set it to the roof. People were then being thrown into Rita the ring post and then there was another table there so Seth Rollins was like well it's my turn and he hit a running powerbomb through the thing with Cody on his shoulders obviously otherwise he'd be doing it to nobody and I really did not know how we were going to end this but I should have known we did the thing because after a bunch of crossroads and who knows what else Seth decided to reveal another weapon he had hidden for himself 
And of course, it was the sledgehammer. And if this sledgehammer could talk, it would have led into the camera and gone wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm a Triple H reference. They both tried to hit each other with it before Cody kicked it away and he grabbed Seth Rollins and he hit the pedigree. So what's that, a four-year payoff? I popped. There was then this big chase sequence that ended with a curb stomp out of nowhere and then seriously, it was curb stomp, crossroads, curb stomp, crossroads, curb stomp, crossroads. They were making it clear that neither man could beat the other one unless we use some kind of artifact. So Cody got the sledgehammer after he hit another crossroads. He smacked Seth Rollins right in the face. He got the one, two, three, and then he got up and he just sunk in all of these cheers and that man deserves it. I've said it once, twice, three times, four times, five. I shall say it six. He just worked a hell in a cell match with a legit torn pectoral. I am a wrestler. I've done wrestling matches with like little injuries and even that sucks. So you've just got to give him a round of applause. And to Seth Rollins, these two, I mean it, I mean it, I absolutely mean it, are some of the best ever. So I do not know how this is possible. I do not know how it happened, but it does not just get an up. It gets a golden up. I know I'm breaking my own rules. I do not care. Cody and Seth just broke them. So let's ride that horse into town. So yes, as you can see, this means Hell in a Cell got all ups and no downs, but that does not mean it was the greatest event of all time. I always need to say this, but what the wrestlers did do is they put their working boots on and they absolutely smashed it up. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.